0: And another market that I'm looking at is Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. A lot of people from Cleveland, Cincinnati, people are coming to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, More younger generations are coming to Ohio. Um, As you know, the younger generation, they tend to stay in the apartment as opposed to buying a house these days.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Passive Road to Retirement podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Jarrett. Today, we are joined by Yosef Lee. He is a father, lawyer, multifamily apartment syndicator, people connector, status quo hater, strategic planner, and Pilates studio owner. He has a vision to achieve freedom and control of his time, place, and occurrence. Yosef started his journey of investing in cash flowing multifamily apartments as a tool to create passive income streams and achieve generational wealth. He would love to make changes in others' lives and empower them to become better versions of themselves and to live their life on their own terms. Yosef, welcome to the show and thanks for much for being here.
0: Thank you, Andrew, for having me. Very excited.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well, for those who aren't familiar, maybe you can kind of give... You've got a lot going on there. So maybe you can give a little bit uh, more of a detailed background and... and uh, what sure. You're...
0: Sure. Uh, a South Korean immigrant. I grew up in South Korea. I came here uh, a month shy of 18 years old. So to me, it was like wow. a shock and uh, new people, new friends. I had to, you know, just make new uh, network, right? Mm-hmm. And that was from that point on, uh, uh, is about like proving myself in a foreign country. And long story short, you know, I got married and I went to law school. I became an attorney and, you know, I thought I'll be like a super cool, like an attorney, you know, mm-hmm. like, but um, at one point, I started realizing that, you know, my, by nature of my job, I'm trading the time for money. And the more money uh, you want to make, the more time you're going to spend. And that was going against the notion of the lifestyle that I wanted to pursue, uh, especially when my kids are growing up and they want more of my attentions, They want to play. So uh, I thought about it and coupled with some life exp- uh, life events. I came to the conclusion that you know what I gotta create some sort of sustainable uh, multiple income stream. Mm-hmm. No matter to my job or myself, I should be able to protect my kids. And no matter what they want to do, I want them to be able to freely do it uh, with some support. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, around the time I started doing some self education, I stumbled upon Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh yeah, and, yep. and uh, I had that book for years, like over ten years. It's just, really? I just, it to me, it was like uh, some kind of scheme. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Gave it to me. I was like, huh, why don't you do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. so I put it on the shelf and, uh, but I don't know why. I, I opened it up and I started reading cover to cover. And that was like the aha moment for me. It was like, it hit me so hard in my grip. Mm-hmm. So... I decided to become an uh, entrepreneur, businessman, or investor. As you can see, the quadru- uh, cash flow quadrupled, right? Yep, yep. And then, uh, you know, I, I tried a little bit of REITs or uh, a little bit of mutual funds and stocks, but it didn't really thrill me. Well, mm-hmm. I, I came upon the real estate and more so multifamily, uh, especially two concepts of uh, forced depreciation and cash hour EFI and mm. cost of benefit uh was so, making so much sense. And I'm like, why nobody's doing this,
2: right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and exactly. I started education. And throughout 2019, I uh, started listening to the podcast, Michael Blanks and Green Cardone and then going to bigger pockets, and just reading the articles, asking some questions. But then soon I realized I was really not taking any actions. I was just passively observing the information. So hmm. uh, what I did was I decided to take uh, the next step by joining a mentorship group or mastermind, which I did back in uh, late February of 2020. Still remember. Because right after that, I was so uh, ready to go out and meet real estate people. Because ever ever, uh, Until then, all my network was like an attorney's um, community, you know, community Mm -hmm. uh, leaders meetings, et cetera. But never people. So this time, I was so ready. Then pandemic came and shut down.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm like, What's going on? I'm so ready to go out, but I can't go out. So I ended up I ended up with a friend of mine doing, starting co-hosting a virtual meetup uh, since May, which is still running until now. We've never skipped. Oh. Um, good. I had a goal of closing my first deal in 2020 as I was joining the mentorship group, which happened in December 2020. Oh, so,
2: congratulations.
0: Yeah, kind of my goal was kind of met. And then, so I'm part of two different mentorship groups. Uh, One Jake and Gino, one MH Mastermind. Mm -hmm. And I both because I saw two different values. And now, yeah. And with them, I met all my partners through the groups and uh, we're closing the deals. And uh, thereafter, I was involved in a couple more syndications. And yeah, in a nutshell, that's my uh, real estate background.
1: That's awesome. So yeah, you definitely, so you tried stocks first and just kind of, was it lack of control for you more? Um, You know, just kind of seeing... You could wake up one day and not know where the stock's gonna be, or what do you think what do you think it was in uh, real estate versus that?
0: I, I think I think it, it was just like the idea of letting someone else or some program uh invest my money and something. And then I was just passively watching and just you know, just have to
1: keys and everything, right? right?
0: <laughs> the only action I could take is like, I'll sell it. Right. I'll sell it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bad because I don't have that much background to sell, but the control was in my hand to do mm-hmm. that. So I know uh, <laughs> whether I was selling it uh in a good timing or bad timing and right. still sell it. So I'm like, huh, okay. I just kinda tasted it. At let's yeah. try and yeah. That was <laughs> what
2: similar.
1: Yeah, I've always stocks have always been a little scary to me because I feel like at least with property you have, you know, hazard insurance, fire insurance, you know, stocks. They could be cooking the books and who knows, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, maybe much more, much more, uh, like, because I don't, I I didn't know much about how to invest in stock. Maybe that was what scared me. Like, I didn't know. And that lack of knowledge kind of made me uh, like, okay, maybe this, maybe either I study more and come back or now is probably not the time. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense
1: so your first um your first couple of deals, maybe you could just kind of go into you know how you maybe acquired them and what the structure was like and just kind of how it um how it played out
0: sure um maybe so so far i I uh went into seven deals, and mm-hmm. among the first two are very memorable because it's uh I will say it's my I could say it's my own mm-hmm. like not me alone but with my direct partners right mm-hmm. so the first one was forty four unit apartment in Kansas okay and we in a joint venture, it was a C-class type workforce housing, um, deferred definite maintenance. Uh, definitely motivate seller. So it was like a the type of deal uh, that uh, it's very good for evaluate. Right. Mm. So um, the the deal came to us from one of my uh, boots underground partners' friend. So he knew the seller. I think seller wanted to sell it because he wanted to go bigger. Okay. So there was not competition or anything. The seller's condition was that only if you can close this year. I'll sell it to you, so I said, you know what, why not? let's do it mm-hmm. so we started um we started uh the due diligence and all that, and we found uh the roof were really old, and HVAC system mm-hmm. was, really old. so we wanted to ask the seller to fix it before the closing date, but then he ended up asking us if we want credit for that, so oh, okay, wow. either way, we're fine,
2: yeah
0: um you know my <laughs> my friend was in the ground partner. He, he actually asked more than he thought as needed. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just granting it. So uh, we got, we got a hundred thousand uh, dollars. <laughs> wow.
1: That's awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, which is good. And well, recently we fixed all the roofs. Okay. And updated the XFX systems. And it came out to be about, I think, a little over 70 grand.
1: Like, oh wow. So you pocketed some money on that it, too
0: then. Right. <laughs> it was good. But it, <laughs> First deal was a joint venture structure, six partners, three main partners, and three uh, one KP and two other more so like a money, uh, money investor, right? But mm-hmm. we ended up giving them some roles because as a JV, and we cannot really make them like completely passive. Sure. So and uh, they're doing some, but a majority of the work, including myself, the main team are doing, including asset management. Uh, the deal was closed in December, uh, 2020. And around the average rent was around $600 back then. Okay. Uh, market rent is at least like $100, $150 more. Nice. So we slowly pushing. Like, first of all, we had um, more than 50% of month-to-month tenants. So we slowly turned them into long-term lease, giving them some incentives like or penalties. So uh, negative reinforcement was like, if you stay month-to-month, we're going to give you like $100. You got to pay $100 more. Right. Or if, to a long term lease. We'll probably fix something or give you some like some sort of like a new new lease package type, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, renov- like light renovation, right? Sure, sure. So uh, long story short, we kind of push them. So now the average rent is uh, I think uh, around six hundred fifty mm-hmm. or twenty five cents fifty. So with that bump, uh, we kind of project to uh, cash out refi in a couple of months, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I kind of i think I did calculation of I think I did hundred dollar rent bump with okay. that forty four times forty four and uh, applies i think around seven cap ish it was was it was um about nine hundred something uh forced appreciation
1: that is awesome <laughs> congratulations so,
0: and which is happening we we were talking to the lenders and some lenders even applying six cap six point five oh, no. so it's even being pushed. Uh, above the million, uh, we are going to pull out all our money, and then, just usual, we'll uh, keep it and we'll roll that into another deal. So that's our plan.
1: Is that going to be just like a legacy property, just hold it for cash flow, basically?
0: Yeah, we want that, that every couple of years. And that's why the partner is really important. Some part, if you if you want to keep that long term, when some partner wants to sell it as soon as possible, that's mm-hmm. not good, right. It's right. You, your philosophy is not lined up together. Thankfully, all my partners are into generational wealth and we want to pay it down to our kids oh, okay. as much. So we'll see. That's our point.
2: Nice.
1: Now, are you asset managing that one yourself or are you hiring that out or how does that work?
0: Uh, as far as asset management wise, we have property managers. So myself and uh, another partner of myself, two of us are mainly doing the weekly calls with the property managers. Okay. and. For delinquent tenants, why they're not paying, if there's any government support that we can hook up to, um, you know, CapEx and what's going on. So, uh, yeah, mainly involved in the uh, asset management.
1: Okay, cool. And then you closed another one pretty soon after that, didn't you?
0: Yes. And three months after, March 2021, we did 68 unit. That's a syndication uh, in Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Funny thing is uh, we got that under contract before the first property. Oh really? Yeah. But it took 9 months, almost 9 months for us to close. And wow. the, the, there is a behind story. The reason was when we took when we got that under contract, the uh the occupancy rate was above 90, 95% around 95%. Okay. And for some reason, throughout the due diligence, the occupancy started going down. And there was a late agency loan assumption deal. Mm. And you know, they started freaking out like, yeah. right? And <laughs> And they were like, you know, if this is the trend that we see now, we're uncomfortable closing the deal. Right. So uh, we had to actually extend the contract further, even uh, beyond the contract terms. The seller was okay because the main reason was occupancy was going down. Not that we're trying to back out or anything. And uh, they… Like, I've got it
1: sold. I'm just going to stop, you know, stop.
0: Yeah. (laughs) uh, You know, uh, they all agreed. So we extended maybe twice more, just so that we can bring that occupancy back to where it was at the time of contract, mm-hmm. uh, which we were able to do. And then the seller became comfortable. Uh, yeah, so it took about eight or nine months. And in between, the first deal was closed in December. And then later, March, we closed in 68. This is more like a B-class uh, type. piece, more stabilized in a nicer neighborhood, uh, quiet. So we called this property... Uh, boring property because yeah. it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. not no drama, you yeah. know.
2: <laughs> you know,
1: management's pretty easy on it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess tenant basis basis is higher. Uh, I but um, but we have uh, also property manager there, we get on the weekly or bi weekly calls with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, more less drama, more straightforward. Some capex uh, here and there, fixing or upgrading, but that's it. Um, so for that one, we're uh, good. Good cash flowing. This one was a syndication, so we have uh, about thirty investors invested together. And I learned, I was lucky enough to have experienced both JV structure and syndication structure, mm-hmm. pre, like in within a year. As I joined the game more seriously, so it was. And
1: how is that going to be like a typical five-year hold, maybe, and then sell it, or are you looking to, you know, refinance that, or what? What's your strategy with that one?
0: We want to do definitely all the deals. We definitely want to do refinance, and we if we can keep it, we want to keep it. So mm-hmm. I specifically recall we put a uh, put a language in in the contract BPM and operating agreement that if if somebody at the uh, at the um end of holding period who wanna get out a deal, uh we might be able to buy them out. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. With fair market value and then maybe deploy that equity to further to other members who want to stay longer with us. Sure. For example, wanting to cash out refund, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Okay.
1: Now what do you what kind of uh, renovations are you doing on that one? Is it minor, you know, minor renovations just pushing rents or what what's your point? Yeah.
0: Minor um like nothing fancy, just new paint, uh, maybe countertop, and then flooring, um, and then just push the rent.
2: Okay, nice, nice, awesome.
1: Now, what markets are you looking in um, now? Has your strategy changed at all? You know, with twenty twenty two after COVID, or you know what uh, what are you looking at? Not, not.
0: I don't think it's changed. It's just the criteria to when we when I select market criteria is the same: population growth, you know, job growth, mm-hmm. and if a major employee that are coming in or not and whatnot. So it's it's stay the same. Kansas City population is growing. A lot of people are now, it's been found, I think, like throughout the pandemic too. A lot of people are coming to Kansas City. And another market that I'm looking at is Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. A lot of people from Cleveland, Cincinnati, people are coming to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, More younger generations are coming to Ohio. Um, as you know, the younger generation, they tend to stay in the apartment as opposed to buying a house these days.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, so, uh, With that, job growth is ob- absolutely... And, uh, and yeah, so these two markets are the main markets that I'm looking at now.
1: Okay. Yeah, I've heard Columbus is a really good cash flow market, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, and and I kind of like Cincinnati, too. Yep. I have another nice partner that I'm talking to. So, yeah, Columbus is, is good.
2: Awesome. Awesome.
1: So your goals, twenty twenty two. Any unit numbers you're looking, you know, to acquire this year, or what? What's uh, what's your goal this year?
0: So uh, I want to do my vision board. I, I worked on it at the end of December. I want to do three more syndications in twenty twenty two, and two more JV because I like JV as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Easier to uh, keep it right for right. generation. Exactly. Uh, and one of the two JVs I want to try this time before it was all stabilized. But this time I want to try at least one JV, which is like a heavy value add, like heavy lifting. Okay, That job for for about a year. I don't have to expect to get anything out of it. But you know, bridge loan and heavy value add reposition and big cash out refi and uh, just keep it right.
1: right. Like fifty percent vacant, maybe something like that, or just a lot of just a lot of rehab. <laughs>
0: Anything like that? I mean, oh. i would never experienced. So I'm just, just, just thinking about it. It's kind of exciting.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah,
1: it'd be great to find something like that.
0: <laughs> Somebody who's done it, because I have no idea.
1: <laughs> so that would be you'd have to bring out a pretty, uh, pretty seasoned asset manager and, and property manager in that case, right? Does that be yeah. or would you be looking to
2: do?
0: Right within my mastermind, we have people who have it's like somebody who's done that, like complete gut job, and now repositioned and cash flow like great, and somebody who's you know who has money and liquid and just waiting for the that type of deal so that he could just park his money. So I mean, resources are there. It's just uh, like as soon as we find that right deal, then I think we can make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Now how. I believe I heard you talk about before, and I thought you answered it really well. Uh, the difference between asset management and the acquisition—they're both difficult. But what's your thoughts on the actual management of the asset? Do you think that's more important than how you buy, or you know, what are your what are your thoughts on that?
0: Both well, are equally important because, well, you gotta have the deal first to to do asset manage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think probably more than half of uh, the active real estate investor, multifamily investors, are. Shedding the light on acquisition side, and when they f- the deal and close, it's like wow, this is great. Yahoo, you get all the all the spotlight and all that. <laughs> but once, SM managers are tend to just be stay uh, stay quiet and behind the scenes. <laughs> but it you're stuck with that property for the next five seven years. Acquisition, right. it's only like what a couple of months. Yeah. So yes, it's true. You need to find the deal and need to buy the right deal. However. Now, for the next five, seven years, what are you going to do with that? You got to, you got to uh, execute the business plans to give the maximized return for your investors, mm-hmm. and on your performance, the investors will come back. Uh, the investors will come back or not, right? Right. right. Exactly. So, I back to your question. I think both are equally important. Both involve different skill set. So that's why it's a team sport, and you can't just do it alone. Like. As as you go, and I, I—that's why—that's what I experienced. As I went this journey further, and being partnered with uh, different people, mm-hmm. when the specific team members were good at certain things, are placed in the right place, the synergy is is greater.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can have a great deal, but if you don't, if you can't manage it properly, a good deal can go bad pretty quick.
0: Yes, yes. And and uh, the person in our team, the person who. Works for the acquisition side, trust the asset management partner, so mm-hmm. that as he uh, he toast that property to the asset manager phase, then he could go back right away to find another one because he trusts the asset management partner. Right? Okay. You don't. Yeah. Have, I mean, eventually you're going to be involved overall during during the discussion or meetings. However, if you can only focus on certain things. And you have that much trust with, uh, for your partners and mm-hmm. know that the other partner is going to do a super job in asset management. And, you know, your, your work performance can be uh, better. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Knowing you have that trust, so you, can, you know it's going to be handled and taken care of. So you can just focus on you know, broker relations and things like that. Yeah. Right. That makes total sense. Now, what's, um, what's your acquisition criteria this year? Are you looking more C-class, B-class, you know, smaller units? Um, I know you said you're doing syndication and JV. Are you looking uh, different criteria for each or, or how are you looking at that?
0: JV, I'm looking at somewhere from 20 to 40 units. Okay. Syndication, more above 50, 100, 150-ish in that. And obviously, both B and C. For okay. JV, uh and, and syndication, both B and C. Hopefully, below market rent, uh, some defer maintenance and uh, motivate seller. Yeah, Yeah. the usual. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. But usual because I think it's because Swiss spot like everyone likes it and that's a that's a great deal. Uh, I I think it's 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 getting harder and harder to find those and um, definitely. But now the goal of this year is to to get that skill set and knowledge. About going direct to seller, like um, you know the, the system to build up the system of skip trace. I know some people just skip tracing and cold call calling or mailing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this and that, like different things. But I want to have that system, uh, you know, and then ready in twenty twenty two.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think we've actually been thinking about that too. Going direct to seller, getting like a co star access where you can, you know, look up the true owner and and call because. It's so hard now. It's so competitive. You know, I think you have to do that these days. That's yeah. a great strategy.
0: Yeah, that and/or and, uh, being in the listing agents or brokers pocket on the pocket pocket listing, right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. Yep. But everybody's, you know, everyone's trying to do that.
0: <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> but <clears throat> well, if you could look back at your 18-year-old self, you know, when you came over came over to America. Is there anything different you would tell him to do, or you know, what would you tell tell that young guy? You know, looking back now, any anything you would change?
0: I I think tell him to probably I'll tell him to uh, look into investing side earlier, uh, more so real estate study. Because to me, I don't know. I probably was some sort of like a limiting belief of myself. Like real estate, like how would you do real estate without like a lot of money? That was like limiting belief that I had until until I, I you know finally realized what well, there is a way to get into the game and mm-hmm. then just play that. But before, I didn't really know. I think it was because of lack of knowledge, right? Lack of knowledge about the system, lack of knowledge about the finance and how tax works, uh, what benefits, what not. And, and um, again, I learned it through the life experiences. So I can't say uh, I would have been... Uh, better situated if had I started earlier, because I definitely I'm definitely uh, sure that a lot of my other life experiences from being an attorney or working uh, in a job kind of helped me to form who I am. Mm-hmm. So really sh- be sure that I've been a lot more successful if had I started earlier. But at least I could, and I want to tell him to you know start studying and educate yourself earlier definitely earlier because there is a way
1: yeah yeah life experience you can't you can't you know read that from a book you got to be out taking action right right totally agree with you now one of our things you know it's a passive road to retirement so I always ask if uh for the audience I guess what would be maybe your top way for somebody just getting into real estate to to maybe add value or, or try and create that first passive income stream you know what would be your suggestion on that?
0: My suggestion: first, you got to know your situation. You got to know um, uh, who you are. Meaning, first, question yourself: Do you have enough money to make it into JV partner or first syndication as a passive investor, or not? Mm-hmm. Usually, it, okay. So you don't have that chunk of money at this point yet. So let's let's uh, set that aside. But now think about it. it within the team, usually. You got to add value in a way that being a boots on the ground, or capital raiser, finding the deal, um, adding K- uh, uh, monetary value as a KP, etc., and kind of kind of lay them down on the page on the paper, and you got to check check uh, one by one. Like, am I able to do this or not? Am I in the market? Okay, that's great because then now you have a You can you can be uh, boots on the ground for a potential partner. That's how you're gonna market yourself. Right. Okay market uh, i can be put on the ground and trying to approach it to an um, uh, uh, investor who's experienced in out-of-state market who wants to go come into this market right mm-hmm. then right. add value to them or if you uh, are also in the market yeah you can still do another thing like you can you can try to reach out to uh, the brokers and try to find a deal sell it direct do whatever if you can find a deal you can bring it to an, an experienced syndicator or sponsor, and then you can kind of hand it to him and mm-hmm. ask him some, uh, you know, little portion of GP share, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Or if you know people who have some money, that you can educate them, you can let them come in and invest with you, and maybe you can ask a sponsor or other multifamily investors if, when they have deal, if he can, if you can. Get an opportunity to raise money for them. And in return, you can ask for some GP share. Right. right? And a little bit of acquisition fee, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the other way to get in the deal. So again, back to your question, you're gonna sit down and kind of write down. This is the exercise I did. I sat down and I wrote down all these different roles in a syndication team and and applied myself, like my personality. Do I like this or do I like that? Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't like this. Can I push myself and do this for a sustainable time so that I can add value? Or even if I like this, is this something that I want to do for the rest of my career as, right. as a investor or what? So you, you kind of juggle this and ideas and kind of brainstorm and mm-hmm. set your clear criteria as to what value you can add. And then now, as you educate yourself and as you develop further the skill sets, now you got to network heavily network, one of the most important aspects of real estate investing is the network. You got to find a partner through the network and you got to be able to sh- show them and tell them why uh, you need to, or the other partner, why they need to partner with you, right? right. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. somebody, I don't know who said it, but they say you know your network is your net worth and it is absolutely true.
0: Absolutely true. Absolutely true. I, I lived with I I went that journey Right. I Mm -hmm. I took, still, I'm taking that ongoing journey. But within, if I look back for the last two years, it was all about somebody who needed my skill set, brought me into that team or uh, in the partnership, or introduced me to someone else. And then we made it happen together. So, absolutely.
1: And like you said, you took the time to actually think about how I could add value to people, which, that is great advice. You know, a lot of people don't say that to actually sit down and think about that is is really good advice.
0: And and big no no is when you network big no no I think is like telling asking the other side like what can I do for you? I'll do anything.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> I have a question like tells me. so you don't know what you're doing first, <laughs> second. <Yeah. laughs> you don't know uh you don't know um as to how to like ask uh, certain questions in a way that the other side will feel comfortable answering right, <laughs> like am I supposed to tell you what to do for me, right?
1: yeah, like just go get coffee every day, I guess I don't know, uh, you
0: know? <laughs> but that's that's what I get a lot of times, maybe at least 30 40 percent of the time when I do network, mm-hmm. uh, one who's just starting the game, yeah they all, is there anything that I could do for you, uh <laughs> yeah, let's stay in touch yeah. and uh,
1: <laughs> <talking>. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Show me what you can do, you know? <laughs> right.
0: like, so. I don't know what you can
1: do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, how can, how can people reach out to you and, and get in contact with you?
0: Okay, uh, I'm very active. and try to be active on social media. Uh, all my social media handle is Yosef, your bro. So Yosef, yeah. O-S-E-F your y o u r Brosaf b mm-hmm. r o s e f linkedin for uh, insta all uh, tiktok and so that's all same handle and i have website um theosapyourprosap.com uh so yeah it's uh and leave me a message i'm very approachable you're going to be surprised I'll, if if i get a message i reply
1: awesome i love that name by the way that is a great name
0: <laughs> Catch somebody if, my my two of my mentors started using it and then everybody calls me that way right now.
1: Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's very memorable. <laughs> cool. So now we'll get into our, our five to thrive section. So this is the last, you know, last section here. So basically I'm just gonna go rapid fire, uh, five words or phrases right in a row. And it's just word association. So whatever, you know, word or phrase comes into your mind, the only the only caveat is you cannot repeat your answer.
2: Okay. All right. So here we go. So the first one is financial freedom. Okay. It's a fortress. Fortress. Nice.
0: Nothing gonna. Once you achieve it, it's not going to be, uh, I guess, uh, demolished down.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep.
1: <laughs> I like it. Limiting beliefs.
0: Something that you must break. 100%.
2: Generational wealth.
0: Uh, it's very slow uh, to create the system but once you once you systematize it generation wealth is possible.
2: Asset management. Oh, sorry. What was that? Oh, asset management.
0: Something that's a lot harder than I thought.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And last one, multifamily.
0: Um something that I'm very passionate about. I, I wake up thinking about it, go to sleep thinking about it.
1: Awesome. Well, man, it's been, it's been great having you on. Absolute pleasure. And uh, thanks for being here.
0: Thank you very much for having me. I had a fun and it was a great time spending. Thank you. Great.